Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I will be your host for this hour of the program. My name is Jeff Figs, and I pastor up here in Greeley, Colorado, the Calvary Chapel, and I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number, the call-in number to the program where you, the listener, get the call-in, and you get to ask questions or give your prayer requests. So I invite you to do that. Grab one of those open lines. An hour goes by quickly, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of the Lord, and let's be comforted by the Lord as we pray for one another, as we search the Scriptures together. And I'm so blessed in this time of uncertainty and confusion that we can go to God's Word where there is uh, truth, uh, because God's Word is absolute truth, and where we can get certainty and we can be comforted as we go to the throne of grace in time of need. And I'm sure that many of you, you have uh, need and uh, you have requests, and we want to pray for you. We want to minister to you any way that we can here on Calvary Live. So give me a call. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. We got all open lines. I know it's Monday, but hey, let's start our week out well. Let's start out our week by going to the Lord and listening uh, to the words of the Lord as we go to the Bible, and let's uh, be encouraged and edified. We need that more than ever. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000. As most of you know that are regular listeners or have tuned in before to Calvary Live, that there's a second means for you to be able to uh, ask a question or give a prayer request. That's through a dedicated text line, and that number is different. It's 720-336-0897. Let me say that again, 720-336-0897. And so we invite you to text. It's for texting only. Be safe when you are texting uh, for your prayer requests and your questions. And also to remind you that that uh, is open 24-7, that text line, for uh, you to text in prayer requests. And there will be those who will be looking at those prayer requests, going to a prayer team. People will be praying for you. Uh, a ministry leader, a pastor will be uh, getting uh, back with you. But during this hour, uh, if you text, we will go to those uh, text questions and prayer requests, 720-336-0897. Just want to uh, be able to pray with you and encourage you. I see the phone lines are already beginning to fill in. That is good for Monday. Hey, let's, let's talk about the things of the Lord. So let's go ahead and go to Castle Rock where Robert is waiting. Hi, Robert. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm all right. How can we minister to you? Uh, I, more than anything, I just need prayer. Um, I lost my job last Thursday, and the day before I lost, I started getting really depressed uh, about things that I had done in the past. And even though I've already repented of it and 
you know, I've already made a vow not to do certain things again. It just haunts me. I'm haunted by it every day. Um, Unfortunately, uh, I remember a lot of things from before I came here. I remember things from the Spirit, and so I constantly think about that, too. And it's just something I can't get rid of. I've begged and pleaded with the Lord to please help me out of this, to give me clarity on who I really am, why I'm here, um, to give me some kind of peace, and I just don't have any. It almost feels like I'm talking to a brick wall. And so I figured if I can get some more people to pray for me, it may help. Absolutely. Absolutely, Robert. We'd love to pray for you. One of the things, I just want to give you some scripture, then we're going to pray for you, is that um, whenever we feel down and discouraged, and and a lot of people have been feeling that, feeling edgy and uh, with uncertainty, uh, with those losing their jobs and and we've been affected so much, all of us, in the last few months. Um, but Satan is called the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. And what he likes to do is when we're feeling down and discouraged and, um, you know, even as David would write, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? And and we get that way. He loves to come along and just begin to be the accuser of the brethren. You're no good. You have no purpose. You know, God doesn't love you. He doesn't want to show you what's ahead. And he begins to just put those thoughts and whisper in our ears, those lies, and bring up the past and stuff. And one of the things that we see in Revelation chapter 12 is that uh, we know that as he's called the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night, but they overcame him, that is the enemy, by the word of testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. And to remember this, Robert, you are forgiven. You belong to him, and you are so valuable uh, to the Lord that he came and died for you specifically and individually. And as he died on that cross for your sins, it's because of his love for you. And it's now under the blood of Jesus Christ. And Paul, as he thinks about his past, it wasn't like it just completely erased from his mind, um, but he said, forgetting those things which are behind and moving forward those things which are ahead, I press towards the high calling of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, as he says that in Philippians chapter 3. And so to look forward, uh, to move forward, and sometimes that's hard. The enemy's going to be there, you know, accusing you, trying to bring you down. But I do want to say this, that the Lord does see you, and he hears you, Robert, and he cares about you, and he cares about your needs. And I know that a lot of us, we've been praying, and just as you are, and we think, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen next month? Lord, uh, what's going to happen later this summer? Um, Certainly, I have felt that way with the ministry here. You know, when are things going to get back to normal and all the stuff that comes with it? And the Lord says to me, Jeff, one day at a time, one day at a time, keep coming back to me. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to strengthen you, and my grace is sufficient for you. So I hope that's an encouragement to you, Robert. He sees you. He knows your heart. Uh, He knows, but we're but dusk. And then Isaiah says that he doesn't break a bruised reed, and he doesn't quench a smoking flax. And when we're bruised and we're just smoking in our hearts, you know, know, I, I wish I could be on fire every day. Sometimes I'm just smoldering. But he has that compassion 
and a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So, Father, I just pray for Robert. I just pray that you would just encourage him and bless him, that he would know that you love him. Your promises are true for him. And you promise to supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, that you do have a plan and a purpose for him. The purpose that you have for him is to just uh, look to him, um, to take day by day growing in the love of Christ um, for your good pleasures is what we are told. And, Lord, I pray you provide for Robert. Help him to uh, find that job that he needs. Help him to find the strength to get up and, and Lord, look to you. And, Lord, may your grace strengthen him that he can do the things that he needs to do. And, Lord, I pray that the enemy who accuses him brings up the past and stirs things up, uh, Lord, that he would overcome the enemy with the blood of the Lamb, which he has done, coming to you. And, Lord, also with the word of testimony. The word of testimony is that you love him and that he is forgiven. And he can move forward to the upper call of God in Christ Jesus and for him to know that you're a God of compassion and that you're going to show compassion and that you're going to work and your promises are true. So just, Lord, I pray that you would provide for Robert, that he would see you working every day, strengthen him, uh, protect him. And Lord, um, may he just uh, grow in your love and grace um, day by day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Hey, Robert, you keep in touch, okay? Okay. Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. 303-690-3000. We got an open line. So good to see people calling in on a Monday. I've been away for a couple of weeks, and uh, so glad to be back with you as we've started summer, and, and uh, we're in the summer season, and uh, a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks since I've been gone, but I just want to pray with you and encourage you, take you to the Word of God. You know, this is an hour where we can do that, and so encourage you to continue to do that. I do want to welcome uh, not only the Grace FM listeners along the front range uh, in Colorado, but also into Wyoming and Truth and Hope FM. You that are listening on the East Coast, you are a week delayed, but you're welcome to call in at 303-690-3000. Let's continue with the phone lines. Let's go to Julie in Longmont. Hi, Julie. Julie? Hello. How are you? You're on Calvary Live. Uh, Pastor Jeff, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I have a, a serious prayer request. My brother, Steve Gilbert in St. Louis, was taken to the hospital Friday, uh, late Friday. Uh, he was having trouble breathing. It's not the, as far as we know, it's not the COVID. Uh, they found a blood clot in his leg and in his lung and uh, found that his heart was enlarged from, he had been in distress for quite a while apparently and from his attempts to breathe, uh, his heart's enlarged. And the doctor told my sister-in-law, that he's in danger of a heart attack. So they were going to be doing some testing this morning. I haven't heard anything further. My sister-in-law called me yesterday. So I want prayer for Steve, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. Father, uh, as Julie calls for her brother that she loves, I I can hear it in her voice, that he's in the hospital and his heart enlarged and blood clots and 
and those things that uh, sound very serious. But, Lord, I just pray that, first of all, that you would touch his body, and, Lord, that you would strengthen his body, bring healing to his body, dissolve those blood clots. Lord, uh, touch his heart. I pray that you'd be with the doctors and the nurses, and we thank you so much for uh, the medical staff uh, that is there. Um, and I just pray that uh, if you choose to use them to bring healing um, and strength, that you give them wisdom, that you give them guidance. And, and Lord, I just pray for um, Julie. I pray for her sister-in-law. Um, Lord, that you bring comfort to them and um, just be with them. May they sense your presence and, Lord, strengthen them. But I do pray for healing for Steve. I just pray for your touch. Show yourself strong on his behalf. And, and Lord, uh, minister. We know that you care about him. We know that you care about every detail of our lives, our health. So, Lord, we just lift him up to you. We pray that you would touch his body, bring healing to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, yes, and uh, secondly, pastor of my sister-in-law, Kathy, she is she has rheumatoid arthritis, and I'm worried about the effect of this stress on her health because she's she's a worrier. <laughs> she uh, yeah. always has been, and, and she's. they are both born again, thank God. They know the Praise Lord. God. They're strong Christians. But uh, yeah. uh, I'm... Uh, but we still go through the stress. Also yeah. Through, through this yeah. stress. Yeah. yeah, and the stress will bring it on, definitely. And I think a lot of us have felt that. So, Father, I do pray for Kathy. I just pray for her that you would just, with the rheumatoid arthritis, that it can be very painful. And the stress can really amplify our, um, our physical uh, frailties and um, what we're dealing with. Um, so, I just pray that you give her peace a calmness, a peace that passes understanding, Lord, that she would perceive your presence. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. You Have are a welcome, Julie. <laughs> you, t- you stay in touch, okay? I'm sorry? All right. You stay in touch with us, okay? Yes, yes, uh, yes. When I find out something, I'll get back. Thank you so much. You bet, Bye-bye. Julie. God bless you. It's hard, isn't it, as we go through and loved ones that are sick. Maybe you got a loved one that's sick. We want to pray for them. We want to go to the throne of grace in time of need. So give me a call. we got a couple open lines we filled up quickly. So grab one of those open lines, and uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord to pray with you. If you got a question, a Bible question, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And then also want to be able to uh, give you that text line again it is for a prayer and for a question. And we will go to the text line as we have time during this hour. That number is 720-336-0897. And that's for texting only. And I want to remind you that, again, that is a 24-hour, seven days a week uh, prayer line that you can uh, text in a prayer request, and then somebody will be responding to you, texting back in a prayer team praying for you. So we need to be praying more than ever, don't we? Uh, More than ever in the days in which we are in. 
And the Lord desires for us to come and pray. He says, if you lack wisdom, come and ask. Um, he says, ask, please ask that your joy may be full. Uh, we know that we went over to prayers, uh, the Lord's Prayer on Sunday in our study of Matthew. So prayer is so important for the believer. Hey, let's go to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Carrie is on line three. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Thank you for, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Absolutely. Uh, so my question is, uh, when uh, Jesus was laid in the tomb, did his spirit stay with him, or did he it go somewhere? Like, I've heard he went down into the to hell, or he ministered to the people that were in Hades. So I'm just asking that, because I can't seem to find in the Bible where it says that he went there, or, and if, or to back up anything else that anybody else has told me. Yeah, so let's go—I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 4, kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. You remember that when the thief on the cross cried out to Jesus, remember me um, when you enter into your kingdom? And what was the response of Jesus? He said, you will be with me in paradise. You'll be with me in paradise before the sun has set. Exactly. So Jesus breathed his last. He would, if you would, escort um, the thief on the cross down into what was called um, paradise. Luke chapter 16, are you familiar with that story Jesus told? Yes. So in, in Luke chapter 16, you remember that Lazarus and the rich man, and Lazarus died. He was carried by the angels, which is interesting because it's the one place in Scripture that talks about angels escorting. Um, and sometimes that gets missed in that story. But it was Lazarus that was taken down into Abraham's bosom or into paradise, and then the story continues with the chasm in between paradise and then the other side um, of Hades was called the the place of the unrighteous dead. And that's where the rich man was calling over to Abraham saying, send Lazarus over here, have him dip his uh, finger um, in water and touch my tongue for I am in torment. And uh, of course, Abraham said, no, it's not going to happen. And so we know that in the Old Testament time, um, Hades had two compartments. There was paradise, or Abraham's bosom, and then the unrighteous dead. So Jesus would go into paradise. We know that Ephesians chapter 4 tells us um, that when he uh, ascended on high, he led captivity captive um, and gave gifts to men. Now this, verse 9 of Ephesians 4, he ascended. What, what does it mean that he also first descended to the lower parts of the earth. And um, so what he did is he went down. It was like they were looking forward to the cross. So the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament covered sin, kofar. And the book of Hebrews goes into detail in this. It it did not do a complete work. That's why they had to keep bringing animals over and over and over again for sacrifice. It covered sin until the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, came and died for our sins once and for all. So he went down into paradise. He said, hey, this is what you've been waiting for. Um, I died for your sins. And so that compartment of paradise is now empty. We as Christians in the New Testament, as we look back to the cross, um, we uh, look back to where um, the finished work has been presented um, Jesus has ascended up to the Father. He's at the right hand of the Father. 
To be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. So now when a Christian, a believer, breathes their last and their heart stops, they go immediately to be with the Lord. So he was down in in um, paradise. Um, he was down. He led captivity, you know, down in paradise, uh, led the captives free. Um, he led captivity captive, gave gifts to man. Uh, he was in the lower parts of the earth. Peter also has some interesting verses that you might want to look at as well, as he also uh, would uh, put on notice those who were in everlasting chains. There are those who come along and say, well, Jesus went to hell and he was tormented by the demons. There's no there's no indication of that. But he very much could have put those demons on notice that, listen, I've died for the sins of humanity. You have been defeated. But now he's at the right hand of the Father. And we as Christians, when we die, we go directly to heaven. So that compartment of paradise is empty. And you go to Revelation chapter tw- um, 20, after the millennium reign of Jesus Christ, the heavens and the earth, as we now know, will dissolve, will go up in a fervent heat, as Peter writes in Second Peter, and he will then um, judge those who are in the compartment of the unrighteous dead. They will stand before the great white throne judgment, and they will be judged for their works, their rejection of Jesus Christ, and none of our works are good enough and they will be cast into outer darkness. That's called the second resurrection. So that's kind of putting all the the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. And well, um, thank you. well, thank you so much. I've I've never had anybody explain to me that way, <laughs> but I appreciate that. <laughs> kind of through that. You. that so sec- I've had a conversation yeah. with people, and they was, "Oh, he went to hell," and, I, and I'm like, "Well, what, you know," and that was all I've ever been told. And so I was like, "Okay," <laughs> but well, thank you so I much. I'm going to definitely. Yeah. And, you know, Carrie, I've heard that, too. And it's like, well, what does that mean? That he Hades. Hades is um, the the, the word um, uh, Sheol. Um, And so it's not the final resting place in the Old Testament for the believer or for uh, the unbeliever. The final resting place for the believer, of course, is heaven. And um, and then for the unrighteous dead or those who are unbelievers, that after the great white throne judgment, which is yet future, then they will be cast into outer darkness. So it's just kind of putting that all together. And some of those references that you might want to look is Jude chapter 1, verse 6, um, uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down into hell and delivered them to chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. All these things that, you know, speaks about the center of the earth. And it's also interesting, isn't it, Carrie? What I'm thinking about it is that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to those in heaven and on the earth and what? Those under the earth, right? So there's that compartment that was there and um, and that's where he went down into paradise into Abraham's bosom. And he declared, I've died for your sins, what's and for all, the finished work of the cross. And that's an important message of Hebrews, that you see that phrase, once and for all, once and for all, once and for all. Not like the animal sacrifices, but a complete superior sacrifice for our sins. 
So yeah, right. I used to hear that too and think, what do you mean he went down, you know, into hell? And and I've yeah. even heard some bizarre teachings of he was tormented for three days, and the scripture does not give that at all. So hopefully that helps, Carrie. You did. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys take care up there in Wyoming, all right? We will. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Hey, we had full lines, and I believe we have open lines now. So we've had some great uh, time talking with people. All open lines, 303-690-3000. And um, we have listeners from all over uh, the country. I want to welcome the online listeners. And uh, we have them from uh, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You guys got hit by that tropical storm. So we're praying for you guys. Why don't we pray for them right now? We got a listener right now. Father is, uh, it came on shore and hit and a lot of rain and flooding and things like that. I I just pray that it would move out quickly and that people would be able to um, have those waters recede and and that the damage would be minimal. And uh, so we thank you for those who are listening down in that area. Uh, in Jesus' name. We got those listening in Kansas and then Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and Nevada and on the East Coast and clear up in the uh, northwest um, uh, corner of the country in Washington and Oregon. So I want to welcome all the online listeners and even international listeners in Ukraine and South Africa. Technology puts us all together so good uh, to have the technology um, and to be able to uh, be blessed on Calvary Live here. So um, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. we got all open lines. Give me a call. love to talk to you, answer your questions, encourage you in the things of the Lord. Uh, we need that more than ever as we've entered into summer. It has been a very interesting few months, hasn't it? And uh, and one thing about us as Christians is that we have certainty in the Lord Jesus Christ. The text line is 720-336-0897. Love to be able to, uh, to talk to you about that. Got a text question, a good question. It says, I'm a church planner, and so I'm interested in systems. What is your philosophy and process for ordaining Additionally, how do you believe regarding the ordination of women as chaplains or missionaries? And so that's a very broad question. And um, as a church planner, and I planted the church here in Greeley. Matter of fact, in January, it was 25 years ago, coming up in January, uh, that we came up and started the church in our home. And um, at Calvary Chapel here in and uh, we have ordained pastors. Uh, we have ordained men to be in the pastorate in that role of teaching and um, in the role of being an elder, a pastor, an overseer. And uh, a lot of it has been just watching the Lord work in their lives. And uh, some education has gone along with that. Training has gone along with that. Uh, I'm reminded of what Paul said to Timothy, a couple things. He said, don't lay hands on anyone too hastily. And then second of all, he would also say to Timothy that commit these things to faithful men. And so looking for those who have the call of God on their life and who are humble before the Lord, um, who are dedicated to serving the Lord, the qualifications of an elder given to us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 as well as in Titus chapter 1, and then also um, 
you know, just as overseers. We do have women that are in ministry, and they play a very, very important role uh, in ministry. Um, they're teaching ladies' Bible studies. They oversee the nursery ministry, overseeing children's ministry. And please don't ever think that those are secondary ministries. They are not. They are extremely important. I try to emphasize to our congregation the importance of children's ministry, um, and uh, but they're not in an elder role. They're not in a pastor's role. Uh, we reserve that for men. We have women that are in the mission field, uh, gone out in the mission field, and some long-term, and uh, some that short-term, uh, that are involved in missions. And uh, so we, uh, you know, just uh, encourage people in the calling of God, in the giftings that God has given to them. And uh, so uh, anyway, um, if that helps. But hey, we got a, uh, an open line. We're going to go to break here. We're going to be in break about two minutes. But we'll be right back, 303-690-3000. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Glad to be back with you after being gone for a couple weeks. And uh, so I pray that you're well, you're healthy, you're doing, um, you know, just... Uh, uh, well in the Lord and the things of the Lord. But if you need prayer, please give me a call. And uh, I'd love to pray with you. And we have full lines right now. We're going to go to the uh, phone lines in just a little bit. But as soon as one opens up, we got plenty of time in the show. And so give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Put those numbers in your contacts, and you can pull it up and uh, text us a question or prayer request or the call-in number, and love to have people call in. That's the heart of the show as you call in and ask your question and give prayer requests. Before we go back to the phone lines, just a real quick announcement uh, that I'd like to make. We have at Calvary Chapel Greeley started in-person services on Sunday morning, and we are doing two services, 8.30 and 10.30. And what we are doing is because of the guidelines that's been given to us, we have a backyard. So we're doing outdoor service. We do have seating in the sanctuary with social distancing and in the coffee shop, limited seating there. But outside, we can spread out. And so we've been doing it for the last couple weeks. So maybe perhaps your church is doing online. That's great. I know that churches are praying about what do we do and how do we start up and it's been challenging and uh and we're trying to uh just encourage the pastors um you know and decisions that they're making and their boards and it is hard it is difficult we've never had to face this um but we have started in person here at Calvary Greeley 8:30 10:30 if you'd like to be in fellowship uh the recommendations from CDC are on our website calvarychapelgreeley.org and um, and it's been wonderful. Um, I know some people are still listening online, um, and we are uh, broadcasting online, 8.30 and 10.30 as well. And so uh, some are 
not comfortable coming out or they're following the recommendations to be safer at home and God bless you. Keep tuning in. We are in Matthew's Gospel. And then on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, we are in the book of Jeremiah. Absolutely amazing. The things that Jeremiah is speaking to to a nation, very relevant to us. So join us online, uh, 7 o'clock. We are not doing in-person service on Wednesday night. We're not having children's ministry or nursery, and we're hoping that later on in the summer as uh, we get closer to you know, school starting, that there'll be those guidelines given to where we can do that. And we're starting to meet slowly in groups and things like that. So look at the latest information, calvarychapelgreeley.org. And I just wanted to say that because um, our uh, our radio program, Under the Fig Tree, uh, it, we will be announcing that soon. We're just trying to catch up with that and, and getting that on uh, the end of our program. So um, anyway, uh, look us up. Come and be in fellowship with the brethren. We need, the church needs to be together. And I know that we're together in spirit as we do online, uh, but if you feel comfortable coming out, uh, please, the backyard, bring your chair, bring some water, bring an umbrella. We keep the service at an hour. So calvarychapelgreeley.org, 8.30, 10.30 on Sunday morning, in-person service. Let's go to line one, Ivan in Denver. Hi, Ivan. Good afternoon, Pastor Hi. Jeff. How are you? Okay, I got a question about the uh, young lady that called a little, little bit ago about Jesus going to paradise. Uh-huh. And you and you said that when he goes down there, he says that uh, you know that their uh, the, the fulfillment has been completed, and and he took him up to uh, to heaven. And then uh-huh. uh, and then you said that when a person dies, uh, when they take their their heart stops beating, that they go up to heaven. Is that right. correct? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's Second Corinthians okay. chapter five. Okay. Well, in Matthew twenty-four, where it says that uh, that uh, you know the, the when the when the moon stops shining and the sun goes dark and the sun and the stars fall fall from heaven and Jesus comes down from the clouds, he will raise the sleeping, the dead. Okay, what is he raising if the souls are already in heaven? Well, let me let me read to you um, and see if this is the right verses, um, and for the sake of our listeners as well. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Is that the reference you're making? And yes. then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, with power and great glory. And then he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So what is being spoken of here is that at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, which of course is part of what is called the Olivet Discourse, and in that he's explaining to his disciples that came to him and said, you know, what will be the sign of your coming, what will be the end of the age. So keep it in mind that in the answer that Jesus is giving, he's answering those questions. What is the sign of your coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ? The end of the age. And so he talks about the signs of the time, the birth pangs uh, that will take place. Then the great tribulation period. Then he talks about the coming of the Son of Man, and that is that he's going to come with great power 
and and great glory. Um, the Son of Man will appear, and then the tribes of the earth will mourn. That is, everybody's going to see him. Every eye is going to see Jesus coming back. It's not going to be a secret coming. It's not going to be you know a hidden coming. Everyone will see it as he comes back. And then uh, as he comes back with the clouds of heaven, and it's interesting because we know from Revelation chapter 19 that when he comes back that the armies of heaven are going to come back with him. That is believers. Believers are going to come back with him riding, riding on white horses as well. And I think that that may be a reference to the cloud of witnesses coming back. It may be a witness of he's going to be coming through the clouds. Um, it could be a reference to the cloud of glory, the Shekinah glory of God, because in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were wandering, they were covered with the pillar of cloud by day and then the pillar of fire by night. That was the Shekinah glory of God. But he's going to send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the another. So it's speaking about he's going to gather his people, the Jews. Paul writes in Romans chapter 11 that in that day all of Israel will be saved. There's going to be a remnant of the Jews that are going to be tucked away in the rock city of Petra. We know that from Isaiah. They're going to flee to the wilderness, Revelation chapter 12. So the indication here is when he comes back that he's going to gather his people Israel back into the land. And I believe that's what the reference is here in verse uh, 31. He's going to gather his elect. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the people of God, when you read Isaiah, that is, uh, the Jews were called the elect. So many Bible scholars and end-time scholars believe that that's what the reference is, is that he's going to gather them, he's going to restore the nation of Israel, all those prophecies of the Old Testament, how they will come back and be one, and he will be their God. He will rule and reign then for a thousand years as he establishes his kingdom and as he judges the nations at that time and restores the nation of Israel. Well, I don't know where I started. It might have been First Corinthians 16, but I thought it was uh, Matthew 24 where it said, before it said that he will... Um, uh, bring up his elect. It said that he was going to raise the the dead first. Yeah, and I think you may be looking at First Corinthians fifteen talks about the resurrection. Let me read it to you and see if this rings a bell with you. That um, as he's talking about the resurrection, um, he says because Christ rose from the dead, that we have the promise that we will be raised from the dead. And he says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Is that is that a reference to what you're thinking about? Well, um, I, like I said, it, it came right when they said that the, the elect will be uh, raised. Uh, it said, but the dead will be raised first. The sleeping what, what, will be raised first. Yeah, and that that reference, and let me also, I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Thessalonians, that is, chapter 4, um, because you're saying words that are ringing a bell with me. And let me read that to you, and I think you're going to find this to be very fascinating. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about 
Um, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So that reference there and 1 Corinthians 15, talking about the last trump that we will be raised up, is talking about an event called the rapture of the church. And at the rapture of the church, there's going to be a time that will come before the Great Tribulation period, before that seven-year period uh, that we call the Tribulation period that's right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, where there will be a generation of believers that are going to be raised up, and we're going to be raised up to meet the Lord in the air. That is called the rapture of the church that Paul is talking about in First Thessalonians chapter 4. He, should, he says that we'll be caught up. It's the word harpazo, where we get the Latin word rapturus, where we get the English word rapture. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the rapture, the rapture of the church. So when a group of, you know, the dead in Christ, and here's the thing to remember, Ivan, about the resurrection. The resurrection is speaking about eternal life, but it's talking about eternal life in new heavenly bodies. So our bodies are going to be changed, 1 Corinthians 15, that we're, you know, that which goes into the ground decays will be raised up and will have new heavenly bodies that will last for all eternity. Jesus, when he rose from the grave, and this is an essential part of the faith in Christianity, is that that he rose physically from the grave. Uh, it was a physical resurrection, and we are going to be raised physically from the grave at the time of the trumpet of the rapture of the church where we will receive a new heavenly body. Also, Paul talks about that. You might write this down, Second Corinthians chapter 5, and then he goes on to say to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Okay. Sound good, Ivan? Yeah, good question. Good. Thank, thank you so yeah, much. Keep, Have a blessed day. You keep studying the Scriptures. Good questions, Ivan. Call back if you got any more questions, all right? Okay. All right. Bye. God bless you. 303-690-3000. The resurrection sometimes is a little bit of a confusing concept with Christians, uh, but we have the promise of the resurrection given to us because Jesus resurrected. Let's go to Aurora, JP. JP? Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Yeah, so the, the previous caller, or to the previous caller, she like had some good, good discussion thing, and I had wanted to just ask a question about that also. Um, when you talked about in the Old Testament, and then there's the two compartments of Hades, and those who go into Abraham's bosom, and then those who are in, in the torment portion. What what scriptures in the Old Testament talked about who would go into Abraham's bosom and, and who wouldn't? Yeah, and, you know, when Moses, I think about Moses, and there are some others, and I'm kind of thinking on the top of my head, um, but Moses was told, Moses, listen, you got one more battle against the the Midianites, and then I'm going to take you home to be with your people. So we see that reference that is there, um, that, you know, that you're going to go home. There's not a reference to Abraham's bosom specifically, but you're going to be gathered with your people. We see that term. We also see that David writes about Hades in, in the Psalms. You can kind of look that up as well. And I'm also thinking about Samuel, 
Um, remember um, Samuel, uh, they, he was, and uh, not to get in debate whether it really was Samuel or not, but remember that it was uh, Saul that consulted the medium. And, um, and it says, you know, as he did, uh, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. I'm going from 1 Samuel chapter 27. This is after the death of Samuel. So Saul, he wants, you know, he sees this medium. He wants to call up Samuel. Um, he uh, does bring up Samuel for me, he says to the woman. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. This is verse 12. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me for uh, you are Saul? And the king said to her, Don't be afraid. Uh, what did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So that's another reference right now, ascending out of the earth. So he was coming from that compartment, Hades, from Abraham's bosom. And um, and then the outer darkness um, is speaking of a final resting place after the great white throne judgment. But it had those two compartments. And that's from Luke chapter 16. And, and JP, here's the thing. There's... Most Bible teachers, commentators believe that that's an actual story that Jesus is giving, um, that it's not a parable. Some believe it's a parable, but in the other parables that you read in the Gospels, he never names any names. Um, but here in that story, he names Lazarus. So many believe that it's an actual story that he's telling of, of Abraham's bosom. So we do know in the Old Testament that they were gathered to his people. There's a mention of Hades. Um, there's a mention of, um, even in 1 Samuel 27, he was brought out from ascending out of the earth. And those are the references I can think right off my head. Right, yeah, but is it, so like when, when Jesus told the story in Luke, you know, there's the rich, the rich man and Lazarus, and, you know, we know that the rich man went into an area of torment, but we don't know why he went there. Is there is there like anything that says these are the, you know, these are the people that go into this area, and yeah. then there's other people that, you know, were invited into Abraham's bosom, but right. I mean they were all trying to follow the law and they were all not able to follow the law, and yet there was yeah. still a differentiation. Between yeah, I, two. I think I think there that's a good question because I think Paul answers that actually in the New Testament because in the New Testament what is Paul do in the book of Galatians and the book of Romans. He gives us the doctrine of justification that we're justified by faith alone, right? Not by the works of the law, because the law can't save anyone. That was the weakness of the law. The law was just to point out that we are sinners. Now, there was that system of sacrifices and worship and fellowship that all was a picture pointed to, spoke of, was fulfilled by Jesus. But one of the things that Paul does is he makes the argument he, he to the reader who would say, well, what about the law? What about the person who followed the law? Paul says, listen, it's always been by faith, because he says, as he quotes from Genesis chapter 15, that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That was really important, especially to the Galatian believers who are being told that you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. Paul says, no, no, no. For you who are thinking this is a new doctrine, this is not a new doctrine. 
but it's always been this way, that Abraham believed God, that he was accounted for righteousness at that time. Circumcision, that's Genesis chapter 15. Circumcision didn't come till later. Genesis chapter 17, I believe, is when he was circumcised. So he makes the point, it's always been by faith. And um, and we see that evidence throughout the Old Testament. Um, those things were uh, a shadow of things to come, Jesus being a fulfillment of it. But it was by faith as well. So they look forward to the cross, and um, and and we see that Paul makes that uh, that very clear in Romans four and also in the book of Galatians. Okay, so I guess we can imply from that that the the rich man didn't really believe in God, or or he didn't have any yeah. kind of faith. Maybe he was secular, and that's why he went there. And Lazarus, even though he was poor, he had a belief in God, and that's why he was able to. Yeah, and the other thing too, JP, which is kind of interesting, is we're going through the book of Jeremiah. We just went through Isaiah. Now we're in Jeremiah, and they had a form of religiousness. I mean, they sacrificed, they observed the Sabbath. It was mixed in with a lot of idol worship, but they didn't have. They had forsaken the Lord. And they thought because they were circumcised, and of course even in the New Testament, the Pharisees thought we're the covenant people. They thought because we're the covenant people, we have Jerusalem, we have the temple, that it's peace, it's prosperity, that's the message. And the Lord said, you don't believe with your heart. You don't have a heart for me. Circumcise your heart. So the Lord, as you read those chapters very carefully, speaks about having a heart for him a belief in him and believe in his word. And uh, in the Old Testament, they had forsaken, and they were committing sin, and they went off into captivity. They rejected the word of the Lord. And so it was, you know, that faith that was lacking in the Lord, and they had put their trust in other gods, put their trust in, in you know, other things, the false messages of the prophets and the teachers that came on the scene. We're seeing that over and over again. And, you know, there are those today you know, JP, that um, they say, oh, I believe in God, but they don't believe in the finished work of the cross. They they don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. They don't believe much of the Bible. They think just being a good person that they're saved. So there's, you know, it's not by, you know, faith in the finished work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's in trying to be a good person. And, um, of course, we all fall short of that. Yeah, and then I can see another parallel in, in people that are really involved in, like, denominated churches, and, and they just get really into the rituals and not really the relationship and how that can lead them into a false sense also of, a, of yeah. you know, not having yeah. a heart for God. So, Yeah, absolutely. So good question, JP. Great. Thank you. Hey, blessings to you. All right. All right. 303-690-3000, couple open lines. We do want to go to Sherry. Sherry's been waiting patiently from Aurora. Hi, Sherry. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for waiting. Not a problem. Um, I'm hoping you can help me. Um, mm-hmm. I go to uh, the church at uh, in Aurora with Pastor Ed uh, yes. over there. And my niece lives up in Grand Junction, and mm-hmm. she's having some issues with her children, unfortunately, with drugs and things like that. She would like to go to a church up there that's biblical, that is, you know, a Calvary 
uh, up there in Grand Junction, and I was sure there was one, and I thought I'd give you a call to see if you have any idea how I can get in touch with them. Absolutely. There is a Calvary um, um, in Grand Junction, and I know the pastor, Jeff Johnson, and it is a wonderful church. He has been there for about 30 years. Um, I've been here in Grayley for 25 years. I think he's probably one of the only other pastors that's been around longer than I have. Um, uh-huh. But he's been in Grand Junction, and if your sister goes there, then um, you're going to see that she's going to be well taken care of. So Jeff Johnson, I... is he's a very caring man. Calvary Chapel, Grand Junction. Terrific. All Jeff righty, Johnson. I do appreciate that. She's really having a real hard time, and uh, I would appreciate it if we could say a prayer for her. Absolutely. Here's the other thing. I also know the assistant pastor there, and his son, who grew up in that church, is a pastor here on staff. So I'm very familiar with the church. And if, if you have ability to look up um, anything on the Internet, um, it's calvarychapelgrandjunction.org, okay? .org, okay. Calvarychapelgrandjunction.org. Got it. Wait wait a minute. I may have a correction for you. Calvarychapelgrandjunction.org. Is that right? I think, yeah, look up. Look up Calvary Chapel right. Grand Junction. It'll come up, okay? And she okay, needs prayer. You. You know what they Please. they will they will minister to her and um and I am very confident of that just as you are blessed um as you're going to Calvary Church in Aurora and uh, you're going to be well taken care of by the staff there because I know the staff I know Pastor Ed and um, if I was in Aurora that's where I'd be going because you're going to hear the word of God you're going to be prayed for you're going to be loved in a very special way so Father. I pray for Sherry. I pray for her niece in Grand Junction that's struggling, Lord. And and there's so many out there. But I know that Calvary Chapel Grand Junction is a hospital for her, for her to go to and be ministered to and loved on. So I pray that she would find her way there. I pray that you would help her to, to, to just go and not be afraid because sometimes it's scary. And I pray that you would free her, Lord, from just the struggles that she has, the drugs, um, and, and Lord, to be able to be the mom that you called her to be. So I pray that she would come to know you truly, that her heart would be changed, that you give her the power to be free from what has her in bondage, that she can be plugged into a fellowship to where she can be loved and grow and be ministered to and cared for by the body of Christ. And I just pray that you'd be with Sherry, that she'd be able to get that information to her, that Sherry would grow. She's in a wonderful fellowship, growing in the Word of God, growing in a body of believers that uh, cares for people. And so, Lord, I just pray for this family. I pray for her niece. just pray that you would just work wonders and, um, and powerfully in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Stay in touch. Let us know how it goes, okay? I will. Bye-bye. Okay.
All right, we're getting towards the end of the show. We've had a great show. And um, so um, love talking with you, praying with you. And uh, I want to remind you once again that uh, be praying for pastors as they're making the decision to gather. Uh, it's been challenging. The, the guidelines are challenging. We are meeting in person here at Calvary Greeley. If you would like to be with believers and like to drop in for a service, you are welcome. 8.30, 10.30, out in the backyard. And uh, look at our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, for information and CDC recommendations. And, uh, and bring your chair, your umbrella, bring some water. We'll have some extra water here for you. So we worship the Lord and we're also continuing online, 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday. We are in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a wonderful, powerful teaching. And so love for you to come by. We keep the service in an hour. We also have room in the sanctuary with social distancing and in the coffee shop. We don't have children's ministry right now or nursery. Uh, but uh, we are here to serve you, to pray with you, to worship with you, to teach you the Word of God. And then Wednesday nights, the book of Jeremiah, and uh, we have that available online, 7 o'clock. And then also, a lot of VBSs have been canceled this year. So quickly before we end the show, we are putting together a Vacation Bible School in a box that you can take home and minister to your kids. And if you feel comfortable inviting neighborhood kids, it's got DVD of music. It has crafts ideas. Matter of fact, uh, it has uh, games, all the things. Let us know. Um, contact us. And we'll have those kits available in a couple weeks for Vacation Bible School at your home. Hey, minister to your kids. Keep doing that. Great show today. Thank you, everybody, for your time. Be back with you next time, Lord willing, tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.